2: Welcome to it, weekend editions here at Sale City Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Mark Cradak, Elijah Herbal, we are loaded up, plenty to recap with uh, last weekend, the spring game, of course, not a lot in the first half, a few, as they say, good things in the second half, so we can dive into that. It's been a fun week of some talking points between college football and Nebraska, FPI projections, and of course, uh, a good story from Mitch Sherman on Nebraska's rise back to prominence. You know, the last two decades were well documented and detailed. How does Nebraska get out of that funk for football? Numbers to get in 466 3776, 466 3776, 800 825. 5865. You can email the show, Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Give us a follow. Find us on Twitter. And you can stream us on ESPN Lincoln uh, throughout the week or weekend. Uh, Twitter handles Chris Schmidt at Schmidt underscore radio. That's me. And at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. We will effort Mark Craneck by the kickoff in Ireland to have a new Twitter handle.
1: I would have tweeted. Last uh, last Saturday, something along the lines of this sucks in the first half.
2: Yeah, and, and we were all. Hashtag this sucks. We were going to look at each other wondering, is it over yet in the first half? But Not I bad. caught myself. What is that? What I caught, are you doing? I caught myself and said, hey, we're, we're out. We're in the stadium. We're watching football. Uh, even if your beer's three-fourths gone, you still got a little beer left. All right. So I, I know
1: that part I liked. I like the commu you know the community element of it. It's mm. great. Back with Husker Nation, you get to see the the players running around. But it was very similar to like when the Pro Bowl was on, right? And I didn't even know. I, I wasn't keeping up on like what the rules were going to be for the Pro Bowl, so I didn't know that that was the case. Mm. But I, I flipped to it. I saw two plays. I was like, I'm out. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> let's watch Shark Tank. Right? Like I, this is ridiculous.
2: I need your it was pers- just ridiculous. I need your perspective, man, because. You uh, were father of the year last weekend, like many Nebraskans, taking their little ones to to Memorial Stadium. And your kids have gone before, and you've taken them to some pretty big-time games. But you, you got them down. It's the spring game, and it was great to see uh, your little ones at, 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 inside the graduate uh, over at, at Single Barrel. We had a fun pregame. Uh, offensive lineman Gilmore was really cool to meet. Aiden's a nice dude, six five offensive guard. That was cool. He came on set with us. So, what did your kids think? Were they all pissed off about the first Bored. half?
1: Bored. Okay. He, yeah. He, like saying, "I want to go." That, that never happens. Ever a game. Like it, it never happens at the spring game. But it was just kind of like they were just baffled the whole time, confused. What like, are why doing is doing dad? Bad? Why is the score that? Like, they're just getting to the point where they finally get the sport and they understand the points and the meaning of everything. <laughs> and then it's just all thrown out the window, like, completely. The the defense is scoring two points for a sack that's not a sack.
2: So you, ex- well, <laughs> no. if, it's, if it's a first half of thudding and you, you two hand touch him, yeah, that's a sack. It's just not your normal football sack. Dude, the loudest
1: cheer was a punt in a meaningless first half of a spring game. Do we need, you know to, de- I
2: mean? Do we need to detail punting last year? Oh.
1: Well, look, I get that. I understand <laughs> that there was so, somewhat of a sarcastic cheer. Oh, no, like, wow, no, he hey. kicked
2: it sixty-four yards in his first try. This is going to be awesome. By a, followed by followed
1: a, up by another shank.
2: Well, a few, let's let's be <laughs> honest about our homeboy from from Montana. He's a he's, he's a, a guy that is. When we were talking to him. He's like, yeah, I want uh, you know, kind of a nice neighborhood. I mean, he's talking about you know things you say in your thirties, which is sweet <laughs>
4: <That's-> <laughs>
2: <laughs> from a maturity standpoint. But yeah, looking for a nice home for uh, for me and my wife. You know, once uh, woodworking's a high priority for him. And to,
1: <laughs> seriously, to, to his credit. Actually, that's good to know right, that they, we have a weird punter. <laughs> <laughs> I like
2: that. Oh, like, he's, give he's me a,
1: I don't want a normal punter with like normal outlooks on life. No, they they got to be cut from a different cloth. Right. I'm good with that. And so, I'm actually more confident
2: now that I know this
1: information.
2: Winded his back. He was fine. Kicking into yeah. that, that gale force. No one's gonna do any good now, and, 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 pro- and he was probably instructed to not show anything because the guy's, you know, a disciple of Sam Cook, where he has forty different pitches per se punts. So if he's kicking into the wind, come Big Big Ten season, I'm sure he's rugbying that son of a gun, or he's gonna angle it or do something. I don't worry about him averaging thirty one and a half into the wind. Me either.
1: Yeah. No, you're right. I, I get it. And I'm not saying that to clown him. No, no, I know. Or, I know. I, I'm just saying at, we've reached the point where it's just like, uh, look, during the spring, they do scrimmage. They do tackle to the ground, right? Like that happens,
2: right? Mm-hmm. They, they like did in the, the second half. Point? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, no. and two, of so so you, two of the Saturdays, two of the Saturdays. Why can't you time it for that?
1: Why? why what's like you do have those that, the team does tackle each other a couple times a mm-hmm. spring. Like just time it to where, when you have I don't know fifty thousand paying customers there, mm. you do this. You just time it
2: for that. Like I don't know. Well, I, no, it, here, here's we, the, here's the question: Your needs are their needs, and the way camp shaped up, it was screwy anyway. Because if you if you if you probably asked Coach Frost, he would have started a little bit later. But you had a deadline to get spring, spring football in, right? Because you're tearing up the, uh, the field turf that you won't be paying twenty four ninety nine for clumps of because of its losing record or far be it from, you know, the glory 90s AstroTurf record. Remember those swatches of, of uh, AstroTurf maybe some of us bought for our Husker Den? Anywho, the field turf's being tore up because they need to install the new in time for graduation. So this is when you can do the spring game, fellas. That's what you were up against this year.
1: Sure. I I understand that that's a factor, but I don't understand why you you can't have, you do have some tackling to the ground during the spring. You do that. Why can't you time that for (laughs) when there's actual, again, paying? People pay for that. A lot of spring games across the country are free. Yeah. You know, but people made a whole weekend out of it. And then it was just like, what? what we well, doing? the uh, and I'm not even putting it all on frost or whatever, but it was just uh, it just wasn't right. So just, look, are you going to everybody re- in the stands
2: was just sort of like what? And I there was know. no beer to start drinking. Right. You couldn't go buy a beer. Uh, so we're, we're, would you would you take your kids again? next year probably just because you know feel obligated to do
1: right yeah probably but i don't know it's there there's some there's got to be some happy medium Mm. right or or there's got to be some more entertainment value when you're bringing that many folks in It, it just i don't know is that being too selfish? Is that no? You know, I, I, I don't. I you don't. You have a big roster for a reason. You
2: I know, don't 150, think guys. I don't think you're you're alone. I think there's several hundreds of thousands of Nebraska fans in the state that are shaking their head yes with you this morning about just how you just really couldn't gain or glean. But that's that's kind of our problem as how as I how I look at it. I mean, you know who else was frustrated? Look at all Yant. <laughs> Man was getting downhill, ready to smoke somebody, and up two yard gain, second and eight. So no, it was it was I, a little I, frustrating.
1: I will say this, and this was notice noticeable even with the backup units in the second half, that running back in particular, there there is a they get north, right? Like that that was a that was a st- that happened no matter who was in. There was something with how they accelerated north. That looked different and even when there were no pads and then or even when there was no tackling and then when there was tackling with the backup guys like it did appear different it appears they'd been coached differently um, it appears there was just a little more aggressiveness I guess you'd call it. it it was I liked that look it was good I was like okay okay maybe they're gonna get north more often there just wasn't a lot of dancing there wasn't a lot of it just seemed like an, a point of emphasis for them that, like, if there's a you explode through that hole, no matter what. Did and you, you notice that too? Was yeah, that just me?
0: Well, Mark, and not only was it the running backs that were getting north and south. I mean, I feel like I actually did see what what has been preached about the offensive line all spring, which is the fact that they're firing off the ball better this year. I, you, you saw that. You saw, especially from the the engagement. Guards. Getting getting north and south, uh, moving the defensive line backwards off the line of scrimmage. I feel like you saw that. Now we can talk about the the pass protection all you want because that was atrocious. That was hard to watch at times. Even even with ten Mississippi. Yeah, I mean Garrett <laughs> Nelson was just having his way in the in the backfield. Just did not did not matter what the yeah. offensive line was doing. It was just
2: every single move was coming off spring game overreaction. Oh no, get your tackles healthy. Okay, that's one for me. Two is I loved hearing about how good the receiving core is. Didn't see much of them, right? Just because you didn't see much Casey Thompson. I like Rollins. You want to talk about forgotten man right in the tight end recruiting class? Yeah. Dude looked really nice going up and just, I know, just one reception. But, man, he looked big time and athletic. So I'm going to take that and put it in my back pocket if I'm a Nebraska fan and say, all right. Got a dude that can get open. Purdy, for as limited as he was, like three practices or whatever it kind of amounted to. I thought he made a hell of a throw. And I'm glad that Harburg was in. I thought he had a, a really good seam route throw. I think they see some potential in him. And and he's, he's a talented dude. And good. Get him some reps. Let him go live. Because they had limited film on him. So... I'm good with all of that. And to your point, Crane you too, Elijah. Yeah, I think you've got a a common goal and take between O-line and running back, right? <laughs> uh, coaches, uh, fire off, move your defensive linemen, don't jack around and get north and south if you're the running back. That's, I mean, and that, that is one common thing from Whipple to Applewhite to Raiola of, okay, we're in unison, even though it's just spring, this is how we're going to run the football. And, yeah. and and that's good. There's just not a lot of side to side and then cut that we've seen out of the shotgun zone read give maybe the last few years. There's, there's just too many times where someone missed a block or there was uh, some lateral movement versus north-south movement uh, from the running game.
1: Yeah, they accelerated. And too early prediction, way too early prediction. Chubba Purdy is going to be breathing down Thompson's neck in the fall. Okay. Tom, Thompson's going to have the start. And, it, you know, there's there's nothing I saw uh, in the spring that says he shouldn't or should, to be honest. I mean, you just didn't see a lot of them. Um, but he's clearly the, the the front runner. And Purdy didn't practice a lot during the spring. He only practiced the past you know, like a week leading into the spring mm-hmm. game, essentially. Um, but in his limited his limited time that you saw him in the spring game, he, he can move, one. Uh, he's a lot faster than I think anybody really thought. Um, he could throw it pretty well. He's He looks good. Uh, again, limited duty, playing against backups. I understand all that. Um, but he looks like he belongs. He doesn't look doesn't look like the moments too big at all. And it's not even one of those things where it's like, Oh, he's got potential. It's, it's more like, no, he looks ready to go now. Um, again, limited action. Uh, but he, he seems like he's going to be a guy that's going to, going to push the issue. And you just wonder, you know, when, when, and if Casey Thompson struggles and you have somebody that's that capable as a backup, pretty interesting. Right, and you've Nebraska have not seen that in a long yes, time. We right. haven't had that in a long, long time.
0: Well, and Nebraska hasn't had a season where the starting quarterback starts all twelve games dating back to
2: I don't even know when. Pre, had, is it you, pre you had, Taylor Martinez? You got to go back to to Riley, probably. Tommy Armstrong?
0: Did Tommy Armstrong start every game? I, I I think there was there was there was not a season. I don't think where he started all. I think 12 he games. started all of them in twenty fifteen. I thought Riker Fife came in for the last game of the year that year. No. Oh yeah, he may have. That, that was Oh yeah, 20, Tennessee. 20, 20, no, no, that tw- was
2: twenty six. Twenty six. Twenty sixteen was when he came in. Riker Fife played Tennessee. Okay. Yeah. Well, and Riker. Yeah, Riker started against Tennessee, but.
1: But point taken. Right. Yes. But Fife was not pushing Armstrong for the starting role. No. No. At all. Right. He just had he had to do it, by because of injury. And it just looks like you have an up You have a chance here with the quarterback room for there to be some legitimate competition. To where if you're not getting it done, there's a capable guy ready to come in. You you had that with Martinez and McCaffrey, but you know in hindsight, how ready was McCaffrey really?
2: Um, well, how capable. Very, how capable was he? If you're asking him to throw 25, uh, 30 times a game, of course, right? And so you saw how that worked out, but.
1: It just does look like you have a lot more competent quarterback play across the board mm-hmm. rather than just one guy and then some clear backups. It, Purdy does not look like a clear backup. It just doesn't. Uh, and Harburg showed some good things. And then you have some others who has started a Big Ten game already and almost beat Iowa. Mm-hmm. You know, And he probably looked the worst out of all of them. <laughs> for, you know, it, it was one practice. So you don't take too much out of it, but... You know, you have some actual competition in that quarterback room, and hopefully, that kind of lifts all boats. We'll
2: do you do you worry about Nebraska at the quarterback spot from an injury standpoint? To your point, Elijah, with some injury history, you look at Purdy and you look at Casey Thompson. Now, t- Casey had the thumb thing, and he and he fought through it. And Purdy, that's that's what's that's why he's here. I think he probably just got behind at Florida State because he was dinged. I mean, do you worry about guys kind of changing their, their history uh, from an injury standpoint, and being able to stay uh, active and mobile and, and not dinged as, as physical as the Big Ten is?
1: Well, I worry less about it because, again, I think you have options. You know, where, I mean, think about it. Say, say Casey Thompson goes down game one. At least, at the very least, you have a Logan Smothers who's been there and done that and performed yep. pretty well against a really good defense, right? So you have him. He's there. And then you have Purdy, who looks like a more talented – Purdy might be the most talented quarterback on the, on the roster, at least from what I saw, unless I'm
2: tripping. But no, just just more, more fluid throwing the ball.
1: And faster. The dude's fast. You know, he was mm-hmm. – you, you hear about Logan Smothers' speed, but yet, yeah, I haven't seen it totally translate to the field yet, mm-hmm. right? And he is fast. We we know he is because of his like track times from when he was in Alabama. He was like a top five sprinter, so you know he is fast. But translating that to the football field and seeing it on game days is kind of a different story. And and Purdy looks like the fastest one mm. that they have. Um, so I. It, that I came away encouraged by that. I'm just being like, okay, you got, you, you don't have just one guy and then cross your fingers and hope to God he doesn't get hurt. You know, it's like, okay, you have your top guy and then you have a couple other guys that are going to really push him. And if something does happen with
2: number one, number two's not, not a distant number two. Nope. There's some, uh, some options there. It's Mark Cranak, Chris Schmidt, and Elijah Herbal weekend edition of Hale Varsity Radio, a, uh, Quick timeout. We'll dive more into the spring game. Our rewind is next. Spring game looms for the Pirate. We had a chance to sit down with Mike Leach, get his take on the topic of NIL. You've heard from Dabo. You heard from Coach Saban this week on the state of college football. What's the Pirate think about it? And uh, we'll also uh, dive into uh, some things that are maybe not football-related with uh, Coach Leach. That's on the way. Uh, Brandon Vogel in less than an hour. Gary Sharp, the Iron Horse. More spring game thoughts with Hale Varsity. (laughs) Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio. And I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show of Hail Varsity. That's Hailvarsity.com. backslash subscribe, promo code GBR.
1: Now back with Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery with Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranich.
2: Coach, how we doing?
5: I'm doing good. How you been?
2: Been good. Just keeping busy and following Junior around with baseball. How's spring ball treating you?
5: been pretty good we're getting better um you know it's uh we have a lot of enthusiasm we go out there we're enthusiastic we're raw and sloppy at times but we do a lot of good things
2: with uh with spring ball you know who is is it you is it your assistants is it guys that are back that help kind of lead that energy
5: Mm. well i think our assistants do a good job but just Mississippi in general. And I think part of it, cause growing up, they didn't have a lot of other things, but they're always enthusiastic to get out there and play and to hit one another. And so I think our teams like that, we have a very close team. Um, and part of it is, is I think, uh, you know, starting back there, approximately the same age, which was freshman, uh, sophomore, and then even delayed further by the COVID year. And, uh, so I think they're used to being around each other and really enjoy each other's company. And it's, it's one of the closest teams I've ever been a part of uh, close doesn't always, uh, I mean, it, generally speaking, it's good. It's, it's usually good, but close can also mean comfortable where you're just comfortable with where you're at and, you know, uh, everybody's happy. And, and then, uh, there's not quite the pressure to perform that you would like at times. And, uh, but we do seem pretty competitive, and I'm still kind of waiting to see how it comes out. But uh, you know, we're playing hard and we're doing some good stuff.
2: Mike Leach with us here, Hail Varsity Radio, the Pirate uh, Mississippi State head coach, and chatting and getting caught in, caught up. And you guys started spring ball a couple weeks back, and I wanted to ask you about uh, it. Is baseball season? It gets going tomorrow. Is there a a Mike Leach moment on the mound? Have you ever thrown out the first pitch?
5: You know, I have thrown out the first pitch. And um, you'll think I'm lying, but I'm not. (laughs) I threw it out at a minor league team. Uh, Let me see. I've thrown it out at uh, Texas Tech, at a minor league team in Midland, at a minor league team in Iowa. Uh, it seems like I'm missing one. Um,
2: Anywhere in Washington State?
5: I think I threw it out there, too. Anyway, but at the Houston Astros, too. I threw it out at the Houston Astros. And, um, and always invited to do it at the Texas Rangers, but they were during the season and stuff. But um, And the weirdest thing, and I can't do this, going out there right now. now. I mean, I've always been able to throw, so to speak, but um, every one of them was a strike. And, I mean, I didn't do that stuff where you go in the fringe of the grass and you. I'd go to the mound because I'd mess up the mound. I'd make sure they had to rake that mound again. You know, if you're going to have me throw out the opening pitch, no, no, you're raking your mound again. <laughs> and then um, and then the other thing is because is you get hustle-bustled in, And, um, you don't have time to warm up or anything like that. And just, I mean, and I'm a little stunned to say this myself to the positive, they have all been strikes. Every one of them has been a strike. And, and what's crazy about that is I can't go out there on our practice field right now, have somebody hold the glove and get the distance and throw five in a row strikes. You know, I I could maybe throw it, and we call it striker ball, and I don't walk the guy. I mean, that could possibly happen. But there's no way I throw five in a row strikes. No chance. But for, I don't know, for uh, uh, luck or good karma or something, um, they've all been strikes.
2: Mike Leach with us. It's got to be rising to the moment, man, right? You're feeding off the crowd. Well, and worse
5: yet, you're throwing downhill. You know, because you're—I mean, how many times you, how often you think I've thrown off of a mound in the last forty years or whatever—and <laughs> um, five, <laughs> yeah, exactly five. And then, um, so you know, you know, instinctively you know you got to aim low, and um, now I do the full windup too, because you're getting your money's worth, and um, and I'm surprised every time it
2: happens, you know. So, is your what, what's your motion like? Are you a Juan Marichal? Are you Dan Quisenberry? A submarine artist? Mm. What's your what's your motion like? No,
5: I'm I'm, I'm kind of three quarters. So basically, um, you know, hands together at the front. Okay, then, um, and then the most important thing is a guy needs to be able to balance up. I would mm-hmm. say average, average leg kick, but I do kind of you know, bring it up so it's parallel. And and you know, I mean if you're if you're a good pitcher, I used to coach baseball. If you're a good pitcher you should be able to hold it in that position. I mean then you're balanced, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I try to get it to there. Um so it'll be hands uh hands in front, hands over the head as I fork and uh and uh balance up and then just try to make sure that foot comes, aims at the glove and my and my arms over the foot pretty much, you know. And then Oh, I also uh, try to I also try to stare a hole into the the glove. Never take your eyes off the glove because a lot of times your body'll follow your eyes. And then of course off that mound you want to aim a little low because you're not used to throwing that. But it's, again, it's not like you're gonna get warm up. You know <laughs> no, you don't they take you underneath the stadium. You know, take these pictures. Hi, nice to meet you. Glad you're here. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, you know, uh, nowhere to warm up. And you just go throw the sucker and, um, uh, and then you get a free baseball.
2: What'd you hit at the gun? Have you been timed?
5: No, no I do not I'm not trying to be overpowering if I throw in the first pitch.
2: <laughs> you just want to strike.
5: <laughs> I'm just trying to hit it. But the thing is, if you back off too much, if you back off too much, it's going to alter your motion and you're not going to be any yeah. good. So I, I try to have a nice, smooth, crisp motion.
2: Coach, the uh, question everyone wants an answer from from you, Will Smith, Chris Rock, real or fake? I think it's real. What'd you I think? think
5: it's real. I think there's a there's a point where, you know, folks get, and, you know, I think Chris Rock knew he was going to have a big night. Uh, maybe he had some alcohol, maybe he hadn't, I don't know. But, you know, there's usually a pre-party to these things. You know, and they get to, you know, feeling good about things, feel like they're untouchable. I did think he deserved the best picture. Um, mm-hmm. You know, all things considered, and it was a great movie. And then, um, but no, you can't go up and assault and batter somebody on national television in front of millions of people around the world and not face any consequences. I mean, if, you know, the argument could be made, you ought to go to jail for a while. Because uh, it's ill I mean, that's illegal in every country on earth that mm-hmm. I can think of. And then Chris Rock, I thought, was a total champ. Um Uh, you know, took it, went with, just like they teach in improv, took it, went with it, and continued to joke almost without missing much of a beat other than the general recovery from the blow, you know?
2: He, it was awkward, it was uncomfortable, and he kept on rolling.
5: Yeah, he sure did. And then the other thing that was, um, it looked like Will Smith's um, Will Smith was initially laughing at the joke. He was initially laughing and had joked about it previously. And then he looks over and I don't know if she was angry or kind of had a mean mug on the thing. And then, but I'll tell you what, you must think you're something else. You strut up there on stage in the middle of a deal like that. And, uh, you know, we ought to see, you know, what, what, what if you go back in time and, um, You know, there's a lot of of fairly um, good sized actors. Yeah. Uh, There's a certain number of good sized actors, but, uh, you know, stick Will Smith up there and all of a sudden send Jaws up from James Bond or send John Wayne or send. you know, Rosie Greer's been in movies. How old Will like getting slapped by Rosie Greer?
2: <laughs> yeah, Rosie's a good-sized person for sure. Mike Leach with us. Coach, uh, interesting article out in The Athletic. It uh, It's a story, and it's five coaches talking about nightmare recruiting visits, a jungle cat, a horse and a Kentucky Fried Chicken, and one of Shaquille O'Neal's pit bulls. Anything that may tap the, the list of Animals, I've listed for you. Any crazy recruiting visits you remember?
5: Oh, shoot. Uh, one guy we were chasing around, we went by. I can't remember which professional athlete it was. Uh, Might have been Spud Webb, had a, or Spud Webb, or his death, you know, let's see, it was Tim Brown, Spud Webb, Dominic Wilkins, guys like that. They're in Dallas. You know, they're, they have these exotic animals out there in some of the fields. I'm not sure who they are. Um, I like giraffes and zebras and stuff like that. Um, you drive, just drive by it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, crazy stuff like, uh, just palatial mansions, like palatial, you know, the guy's got a coach for everything, you know, by the way, plays the piano. <laughs> um, then, um, then oh I'll tell you this and it was it was one of the happiest places I've ever been happy to the point I kind of didn't want to leave <laughs> okay so in in, in kind of central florida there's a place and you go down a you know off the main road go down a dirt road and this place is country as can be form, formulated out there in kind of the woods, but it's more flat, grassy woods. But there's some trees here and there. Okay, there's all these shacks, and they are shacks. Like you know, the roof is like uh, corrugated metal. You know, like as in, you're thinking corrugated metal on top of something. No, in some cases, just corrugated metal. Period. Okay, and um, and so it's formed into a cul-de-sac. And you'd go into the house and, you know, that you drop deep into a couch and your fingers would, you know, drag kind of on the rug. And as you're, you know, just playing with your fingers, reach behind the rug, you realize it's all on dirt. The couch and the rug are on dirt. And now you know, they have a TV and there's an antenna and stuff like that. And, um... Uh, But I'll tell you what, outside of there, was one of the happiest neighborhoods I've ever been in. It's all formed out like a cul-de-sac. There were kids riding, you know, bikes or whatever, or kicking balls. There were some guys having a basketball game on a real beat-up basketball goal. You know, rusty rim, no net, and part of the plywood is tore up on it. Uh, Parents out there watching their kids, talking, some barbecue and stuff outside or whatever. It was a very, very happy, happy place. And it just goes to show you that's what people make of it. Because I've been into some of those mansions mm-hmm. where nobody's happy, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, <clears throat> in between, I mean, there can be plenty of drama with the people, but in between, uh, you know, like just regular middle class, well, heck, I know all about that. So, I mean, that's nothing new because that was me, middle class, you know.
2: Coach, uh, should there be a parameter at all on uh, on the portal? Uh, you've had to deal with good and bad portal and uh, you had uh, one of the ADs talking over the weekend, I think out of the Big Ten, about maybe it's a two-year wait before you get the free transfer. Do you like that idea?
5: Well, yeah, I like I think that among others, there's gotta be some restrictions on it.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: I mean the NFL doesn't just you know you don't just cut and run all the time. You have two weeks. You can sort it out and dig two weeks and we need some limitation like two weeks. Um, <clears throat> there's a point to where when it comes to portal and NIL, I mean, everybody's talking about all these players being professionals. Well, they're professional with all the benefits and none of the responsibility. I mean, um, you know, there's a point to where, uh, you know, there's whether you're professional or whether you're amateur, there's advantages and disadvantages to each. And I think that there's a point to where we have to select what are they. Are they professionals or are they uh, amateurs? You know, if you're professionals, okay, well, professionals, great. I mean, you know, you can arguably – make more money, you know, and you, so you can get name, image, and likeness deals, but also, you know, professionals get drafted, you know, professionals get drafted, and, uh, and, uh, you know, what, you know, some guy says, well, you know, I want to go to all these big schools, and I'm the best running back in the country. Well, too, too bad. Molly Putz, New Mexico, has first pick in the draft. You know, <laughs> and, and, Molly, and Molly Putz has been waiting to have that first pick, and and you're probably going to to the beautiful downtown Molly Putts, You know, and uh, and and well, and the other things professionals get cut, mm-hmm. professionals get traded, professionals. Um, I think a lot of that was open bribery that's going on with NIL. If, if guys got cut or traded, I think some of that would go away. It's it. And it's quite embellished too. And then, um, you know, they have to pay taxes. Um, you know, you take your, your, uh, gloves off, throw them to the fans. Well, no, you, if you want a new pair of gloves, you pay for them, you know, um, the, uh, you know, amateur, there's some serious advantages to being an amateur. You don't pay taxes. Um, you know, you, in an undistracted fashion, you uh, get an education. I mean, all this we're dumping on these 18 year olds is pretty tough. I mean, you know, think about, think about uh, you know, when you were 18, and I think about it all the time. Okay, all of a sudden I'm, I'm a talented player. I'm able to do a bunch of stuff. And now what am I doing? I'm knocking on doors trying to get uh, car dealers and, uh, and uh, oil change places and hotels to you know to give me money. I mean, that, that that's an unmitigated nightmare. How good of a player am I going to be? Am I going to watch film? Am I going to be able to adjust to college football? I mean, I think that makes it quite challenging. Am I going to come away with a degree? Probably not. And a degree is a lot more permanent than any of it, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, and so, and then if you're an amateur, I mean, we could always have something like, you know, we could incentivize this amateur thing. I don't think we always look at that the right way. I mean, why not say, all right, uh, if you go to a school uh, for four years and exhaust your eligibility and uh, in good standing, you get $100,000 $100, or whatever amount, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at the end where... That's forfeited if you transfer. If you go on the portal or anywhere, that's forfeited. But, you know, some of these NIL deals, if all of a sudden guys are traded and drafted, they're going out the window. Then the NIL deals tend to be national type of things rather than these guys' nickel and diamond and various little communities because, you know, um, all of a sudden – you know, we need alignment, and so we trade a receiver to San Jose, you know. And then <laughs> they say how horrible it is for these guys to move around. Well, that's what professionals do. I mean, ask minor league baseball. Look at minor league baseball and how that works. Because that's essentially uh, the, the model we're at if, uh, you know, if we're going to declare everybody professionals.
2: Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity. And I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash Subscribe, promo code GBR. Mike Leach with us, Hail Varsity City Radio. Coach, two trailers have been released in the last two weeks. Uh, you have Better Call Saul that starts up the 18th, and then, of course, the final six episodes of Ozark. Any prediction? What happens to Saul? What happens to Marty Burt?
5: Oh, man, I'll tell you what, it's going to be tough to let either of them go. Um, they're certainly going to be tempted to do more. Mm-hmm both cases. I I don't know on the finale. Um, I think Saul's a little harder to predict, to be honest. Um, Ozarks, I can see Ruth coming away with everything. Yeah. Uh, Better call Saul. Now, usually finales on these shows aren't... um, They're not bad, and I don't want to diminish any of the shows, but sometimes the finales can be... uh, uncharacteristically bad. Yeah. And, and part of it is because is all the cats are out of the bag. You know, you spent however many seasons releasing the cats, and you're just out of cats, you know? And and I think that... Um, I think that... Um, now, there is one exception to that. Like, uh, uh, on one hand, I get the Sopranos finale, yeah. okay? But on the, on the other hand, I mean... I don't think anybody was fully satisfied. No. I did think it illustrated the paranoia that collectively you placed yourself in and that you would feel, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But the ultimate, the best finale of all time and the best episode of the show was Breaking Bad. The finale of Breaking Bad. Was outstanding and epic. I mean, just incredible. Like to the point when they did the little movie afterwards, that thing didn't have a chance. Because I mean, you're following the the grand finale of Breaking Bad with that. I mean, it's just got no chance, you know.
2: I think I think El Camino plays in to to Saul's ending. I think Jesse and Saul end up up in Alaska together.
5: I I, I yeah, it appears that way, but. Um, and then I do think it backgrounds stuff a little bit and it tucks a corner or two in. Mm-hmm. Okay. But how about that? And, 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 I, and I've talked a lot about breaking bad and it's a, it's a very good show. I can't, I don't know. That's my favorite, but, um, cause actually Saul was my favorite character on that. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, go to law school and then, uh, <laughs> and then, uh, but he, uh, what a finale that was, though. Oh, I mean, just great. unbelievable. You just an right. unbelievable finale. And, and and how they arrived at that finale after so many twisted turns and jumps in that plot over the years, um, the finale of Breaking Bad is just epic. And then because I almost didn't finish Breaking Bad, you know, I started the first season, and yeah. I thought the first season of Breaking Bad was quite boring but you have to introduce the characters and there would always be a cliffhanger at the end of each episode. So they drug me along, but it's very important to introduce all the characters. And the second season did not start out well for me. And then by... The, after the third episode, I said, all right, one more. If it doesn't pick up, I'm out. Mm-hmm. And then I gave it one more. Well, then it explodes, you know. And then... And then you know yeah and throughout you're wondering why they had the name breaking bad and boy it was breaking bad I mean everybody on that play on that show turned bad mm-hmm. uh, remember when everybody on that show was handicapped yeah. for a while for a while every character's handicapped The case of the detectives handicapped the kids handicapped uh I mean there and I counted it up there like five handicapped and all the same time something broken something busted something you know, gone.
2: Coach, last thought, Mike Leach with us, Mississippi State head coach. Did you grow up with a girl in high school like Ruth from Yellowstone?
5: Yeah, all of them. <laughs> hey, that was Wyoming. I'll tell you this. We did have this. Uh, once in a while, those rodeo girls would start fighting over a guy or just be mad about something. <laughs> And so you'd be in the quad. And it wasn't unusual. I mean, not likely, maybe, but there might be the homecoming queen, or not the, the rodeo queen, and she might dip, you know. Really? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, um, and, but anyway, especially the rodeo girls, but just girls in general. I mean, you know, like on Seinfeld, they talk, everybody wants to see a girl fight. And that's true. And then, um, uh, you know, people pretend they don't. But if you're in high school, you definitely do. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and so, I don't know. I remember these two rodeo girls got upset with one another. And so you come to the quad after lunch.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
5: <laughs> and everybody knows it's going to come down. And. They're kind of circling around, and everybody's in their little group, looking to see where this girl is, that girl is, and then all of a sudden they bolt towards each other, and collide in the middle. And then the other thing, and and, and it's a combination of a fist and claw. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A fist and claw, and I which is. Um, honestly quite effective, you know, delivering flows, but also yanking out the handfuls of hair.
2: Beth, boy, Beth is they, a beauty, man.
5: They, they, they got after it like uh, like Jim uh, uh, in <clears throat> a cat, to say they got after it like cats is not quite accurate, but there's a little more brutality in the punch there. Their daddies had taught them to punch. <laughs> I bet. And, um, <laughs> And I you know, growing up with horses and all that. So then uh, <laughs> no and then it went on for like like three days. Really? You know? At lunch you go out there again and they just start folding for each other. And um, and uh, and you know, in the end I'm not sure they weren't cousins, um, or distant cousins or something, mm. but I don't know. Um uh but uh they uh yeah, no, i mean there, there were some roofs in there now there were now, there weren't all roofs, i mean, wyoming's a great place, the most straightforward people on earth and and uh also typically uh do you know like Mississippi, you know, work mm-hmm. hard, do stuff with their hands that they take for granted that other people are like, what are you doing, you know what are you touching what are you what you're gonna grab that, you know, and um yeah they uh they uh and so the women were tough, you know, but then they had also just some you know just some very delightful people, just uh, great people but uh no, you didn't want to cross there's definitely folks you didn't want to cross,
2: Mike leach with us so you know, i I had to to figure out if there was a beth in the crowd, and you said all of them that's pretty good. Coach? No, it
5: wasn't uh, it was, they were all. They're all that tough, but they weren't all that ruthless. Believe I bad. Me.
2: Coach, we'll uh, get caught up after spring ball and, and check in before summertime. How's that sound?
5: Sounds yeah,
2: good anytime. Take care, bud. Appreciate it. All right. See ya.
4: Hello, listener. This is Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to hailvarsitycom slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsitycom slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Yeah!
2: Back with you, Tower 2, Weekend Edition, Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Mark Kranach, Elijah Herbal. Good stuff from the pirate, Mike Leach, on the topic of, well, Beth, and of course, uh, Ozark. So all that's cranking up soon. Oh, yeah, some football sprinkled in as well. We say hi to Brandon Vogel, HaleVarsity.com and magazine managing editor and, of course, author with John Cook, Dream Like a Champion. Find Voges on Twitter at BrandonLVogel. Voges, was a spring game all you wanted?
3: <laughs> um, no, well, I will say it was not. and I mean, I... <laughs> Nebraska was dealing with some some real limitations in terms of just numbers of course and then, you know, wrote about this a little bit in the April issue. <laughs> I think the advent of televised spring games has has made these worse as a fan experience kind of across the country as teams try to show less and less. So anytime this is my spring game my spring game rule. Anytime there's a modified scoring system in place, you're gonna be in for for typically a rough day. I mean, honestly, like <laughs> if, if Nebraska had to do that, wouldn't wouldn't you rather just show up and watch them just run an actual practice? Because then at least you'd be like, well, okay, that's what a practice looks like, uh, which a lot of us don't get to see. That would be my preference.
1: Brandon, you're exactly right. That's the thing. Is that there's something there's there's something better than what we saw that can be done, right? Like, I mean, you have. Fifty thousand paying fans they're all paying 10 bucks everybody's spending their entire saturday afternoon they do tackle to the ground during the spring that does happen um why can't you time that for when there's actual paying customers in the house or to your point like stop doing the modified like nobody understood what was going on
3: yeah it's not good when you need a chart to 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 try and uh try and keep up with with what's happening Like I said, I think we all understand it. We know where Nebraska was at, um, but it, it just becomes each one of these tends to offer a little bit of diminishing returns, uh, you know, because I think the excitement around it, it gets built more and more as, as a quote unquote game, which, you know, we in the media, that's, that's how we treat it. And it's kind of how we have to treat it, given the interest around it, particularly at a place at, at Nebraska, and then you get there and you're about, uh, I'd say, 10, 12 minutes in, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's what this is. And it's, it's, it's typically not not the best feeling.
2: No, there was some, some frustration, but overall, let's go to the showcase aspect of it because that's what this is. This is another simulation to get kids on campus either home or away and show them what Nebraska is all about in a, uh, in a limited setup with spring. It's not the full Monty of a game day Saturday, but it's that maybe that appetizer uh, to the main course of a, of a fall visit. Nebraska still does that at, at an extremely high level, and the impressions vogue are, are, are pretty long-lasting for kids to, to, to keep Nebraska in the conversation.
3: Yeah, and that's that's become its primary function. And it, it still exists as that. I mean, the spring window is good. We know for some of these recruits like it, it's not easy to get to Nebraska cuz they're they're not all that close, but you've got this spring window where you can do it. I mean, honestly, if I were if I were Nebraska's brain trust, I'd schedule my spring game. Well, we had a, a hard out, so to speak, with new turf going in. But I'd schedule that around the opportunity to maximize it. And, you know, I don't know if you want to be first or last in terms of getting these kids spring visits, but one or the other, just so the most possible players have the ability to to come because ESPN and I think, you know, various other networks are going to televise 12 or 14 spring games today. And I'll probably, you know, hop over to check in on each one of them. And other than Alabama and maybe Georgia, which is having a title celebration, not many of them are going to look like Nebraska's looked like last year in terms of just the sheer size of it, the fan support. So you've got to use that to your advantage. And I think Nebraska does a pretty good job of trying to do that.
1: Okay. That all said, we can maybe make a few, have a few observations and takeaways that you hope have some merit as, as you enter the actual season at the running back position. Uh, We talked a little bit about this in the first hour, but it did appear that the running backs in particular, there was an emphasis on getting north. And when you see a hole, you accelerate through it, come hell or high water. Did you come away with that same impression that the running backs in particular have maybe been coached a little differently and that there's maybe a different emphasis than in years past?
3: Yeah, a little bit. Um, it seemed a little more sudden, um, a little more purposeful, I guess, for for lack of a better term. And I, I came out of that <clears throat> first half with, I guess, who you'd consider, who I'd consider, the top three um, at this stage between Mayor Johnson, Yant, um, and Anthony Grant. And I thought they all looked pretty good, it, and extremely in circumstances that were not conducive to <laughs> to running backs excelling. So I thought that was that was encouraging, and in the second half you saw I think a little bit more of of what we'd heard about the offensive line, um, because then you could you, you kind of could pin your ears back a little bit and just play football. So you know we'll, we'll see. I mean, for, when I look at Nebraska in 2022, and this has been the case for a couple of years now, but once again, I mean, I think their biggest growth area is some increased efficiency. They haven't had a problem with explosiveness, but increased efficiency in the run game. If they can get that, all of a sudden, you know, they can be, I think, a pretty good team. Uh, If if you look at Casey Thompson, Chubb and Purdy, whoever may end up playing quarterback, Logan Smothers, your passing doesn't take a huge hit, and you just add that running piece. Well, all of a sudden, you, you start to have something.
0: Brandon, while we're talking about the running game, we better mention the offensive line. So I want to pose the question to you. Is Garrett Nelson that good? Is is our pass protection that bad? Or is just just overreaction from one practice?
3: Um, Oh, I think uh, a Venn diagram that might include all three of those things in the middle. I'm really high on Garrett Nelson for the season ahead. I mean, he's improved a little bit each year he's been on campus. You know, we remember him as a true freshman where he was like a clear motor and effort guy. And, <laughs> you know, it, you, you could kind of see the gears turning in terms of making that transition to, to major college football. Got a little bit better in 2020. And then last year got even better again. And a lot of the talk this spring was about him kind of emerging as a leader. And, you know, he's he's been a guy that we see up there pretty frequently uh, at the at those press conferences. And I think he's going to be a guy you see up there every week in 2022. So I'm pretty bullish on his 2022 season. Pass protection, big, big issue for Nebraska last year. And, and maybe it's not a surprise that it didn't look completely fixed in, in the first half of – of the spring game that's going to remain i mean it's going to remain a pretty big liability until they show they've made some gains there and then just the the run game overall um again saw a little bit more i think there in the second half from from that offensive line but it's uh it's a tough one to judge given the
4: circumstances of that spring game pardon the interruption but i'd like to save you some money I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce: 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at halevarsity.com. Just go to halevarsity.com/slash-subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's halevarsity.com/slash-subscribe. Promo code GBR.
2: A few minutes, Brandon Vogel with us from Hale Varsity. We're recapping uh, some spring game thoughts. Vogues, to go back to to Garrett Nelson and and his his growth from uh, you know a, a, an in-state recruit to kind of the voice on that defense. It sounds like he's done a pretty good job of mentoring as well, and I, that's where I want to go you know about Tanner, you know about Nelson. Those are the two guys you want to see major steps from getting after the quarterback. And and Nelson didn't have a bad year, a year ago, getting to the quarterback, but let's, let's talk about what's behind him. Are you feeling okay? I mean, we don't, we don't get to see all the progress until Saturdays uh, with, with coach Dawson. Now that said, um, maybe nebraska's building something here with development for Garrett Nelson to be a guy that can come off the edge and be a third down uh problem. Uh, Butler and and of course Blaze Gutterson, both those guys comment on on each of those guys as is maybe a role that, that you could see them having as as fall emerges.
3: Yeah, they're going to need some some more depth there. I mean, just generally along the defensive front, which in this case I would include those guys that that you just mentioned. That's largely the role that they share or hold. Um, I thought Butler looks pretty good in the spring game. Blaze Gunnerson continues to be kind of one of those under the radar guys. I mean, I know he was a pretty high-profile recruit, and he's just kind of been building <laughs> – Um, a little bit behind the scenes, but man, he looks the part and it it helps that he changed his number to to 97. Looks even more the part of uh, kind of that, (laughs) that pass rusher type. Um, So those guys are going to have to play and they're going to have to play some meaningful snaps. I think Garrett Nelson, we already discussed, like I I like where he's at and I think where he's going, Caleb Tanner a little bit too. Like if he just kind of continues on a, a little bit of a linear trajectory from where he was at last year, that's a pretty good tandem. Like, I think if you play good overall team defense and you can get yourself into some, some favorable down and distance situations, those guys are, are plenty good enough to, to cause some problems. Are they good enough to be every down problems? You know, guys that Nebraska saw a lot of in 2021 on opposing defensive lines? I don't know yet. Um, but I think they're head, headed that direction. And, and that's that's encouraging. You, but you do you're going to need more than just those two to make it through a full Big Ten slate.
1: Brandon Vogel is with us on Hail Varsity Radio. ESPN comes out with their FPI projections, and they do a lot of analytics to kind of arrive at an expected win-loss total. Last year, they had Nebraska pegged for four and eight. Nebraska ends up three and nine. This year they have Nebraska essentially pegged depending on how you went around it, but about seven and a half wins and about four and a half losses um and the favorite to win the big ten west did that did that catch your attention? Do you buy into the f p i as a pretty accurate predictor
3: um so i was i was a little surprised Nebraska was that high. I mean, you can, you can look at the schedule and you compare it to Wisconsin, and we're talking less than one percentage point in terms of uh, their given probability to win the West. Uh, and you can kind of get there. Um, I mean, the West, to me, in 2022 is all super interesting because I think you've got, if you include Nebraska in that, which for FPI's purposes, you know, they're, they're looking at Nebraska as basically a 7 win team last year, not a 3-1 team. So that's the starting point for all of this. Uh, I think at Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, Nebraska, Purdue, all teams I could see legitimately winning the West. Um, so it's it's kind of a jumbled mess. Nebraska comes out on top in this particular model by a, a tiny bit. And You look at the schedule and you say, yeah, that could, maybe that could add up. Um, so that's where that is. I mean, I've looked a lot at – Preseason to to final FPI uh, a couple of years ago, and went all the way back to to 2014. And in terms of the win totals, the projected win totals, the, the standard deviation there was about 2.2. So if Nebraska is at 7.5, that means two thirds of the time they're going to be between basically six wins and potentially nine wins uh, if you round them off to, to numbers. So When these projections come out, I always try to keep that in mind. You've got a range here that is most likely. And is that accurate? I think it is pretty accurate. I think that's a pretty good job of modeling for a sport that is kind of inherently unpredictable.
2: So, Vogues, what's your feel Uh, kind of blindly here going into fall? Is it, okay, there's enough talent, even though it's new, between players and coaching staff to – to hit this preseason number, or is it a big ask because it's new faces uh, on the coaching staff and in the quarterback room and a wide receiver? How do you look at it?
3: Um, I, I think there's definitely enough talent to do it. You know, particularly in the West, and, and whether you're talking about SB Plus and other ESPNs, you know, Power Metrics or FPI. The benefits of Nebraska, and again, like this isn't going to be how these teams are evaluated at the end of the year. But you can look at it now and say, well, they get Indiana, they get Northwestern, they get Illinois, they get Rutgers, and those are the lowest-rated four teams in the Big Ten in, in both of those ratings. So that's where some of this comes from. I mean, for these models, they look at it as here's what your talent is based on recruiting, et cetera trying to figure out fit, you know, that's where we come in and and talk about it on a a Saturday morning. So, I think they'll be okay like implementing some new talent, some of those new faces who are going to have to have an impact, whether that's on defense, whether that's on offense. Biggest thing, and I mean, every season kind of comes down to this a little bit, but given where Nebraska is coming from, like, they've just got to be better up front. They've got to be better on the offensive line. Absolutely. In both run blocking, but particularly pass protection, and then the defensive line, which, you know, is going to see a handful of new guys, relatively new guys, uh, can't take a major step back. Nebraska can do those two things. Uh, Then, yeah, I think 7.5 wins is is fairly reasonable.
1: If you take a snapshot right now of the quarterback room and the quarterback position, can you think of a time when Nebraska was more well-stocked at the quarterback position than they are right now?
3: Uh, No. Um, I mean, the the only comparison that kind of comes to mind is is maybe that 2010 year where you went into that and you had Cody Green, Taylor Martinez, and and, and Zach Lee. I think he was still around for that year, but... um, you know, we didn't know much about those guys, but that's kind of the last real three, three headed competition I can remember at, at Nebraska. And, you know, we saw, well, we saw in 2009, kind of a continual shuffling between, between Cody Green and, and Zach Lee. And you had that amazing defense uh, and couldn't quite get it to a point it needed to be. So, But in terms of overall talent, in terms of having two guys who, you know, played at Texas and Florida State and are now competing at Nebraska, this is probably as as good a depth as I can remember uh, at at Nebraska.
0: And, Brendan, we'll see if there's any departures from that, that quarterback room pretty stacked I, I think running back's another position that people are watching for transfer portal uh, action outgoing departures from Nebraska as well but are you surprised we haven't seen anyone on the roster declare their intentions to enter their trans enter the transfer portal here a, a week removed from spring practice I mean there's still three weeks plus finals week left in the, in the UNL calendar should we should we wait for that to see what what the outgoing transfer is going to look like or do you think we're, we're looking good now uh, a week removed from the spring game
3: yeah, I would not. I wouldn't say Nebraska's out of the woods yet. I mean, it's it's mildly surprising to me that we haven't heard anything. You know, even a player who might have been like, oh, I'm surprised they were here for the spring. I think you were right to mention it. Kind of the end of the semester is is the the hard cap here because if you're gonna look around, you're gonna want to have some time to do that, and then hopefully you can get enrolled by by summer uh if if you're a player who's looking to go elsewhere so i think we'll we'll have that um we'll have attrition to a certain degree uh at nebraska over the the weeks to come and just kind of be expected and once you have that um we'll we'll see and that's going to happen all across the country see what nebraska wants to do or tries to do in the transfer portal and heading to summer and at that point hopefully uh, you got it mostly locked out in terms of what this roster is going to look like
2: brandon vogel's with us vogues what's on the the calendar for hail varsity what's what's junior up to today
3: some bananas and Cheerios at the moment. Uh staying mostly calm. So <laughs> solid start to solid start to the weekend. Um, no, we've got some good stuff coming up on Hale Varsity. Erin uh, Sorensen has a good story on women's golf that's that's going up um, this morning. Be sure to be sure to check that out. Have a little bit of softball, have additional coverage from from baseball today, um, and then Continue to, to work through what we what we did and what we didn't see uh, spring football. Steve Mark in particular has been doing a, a great job with that this week, and and that'll continue throughout the offseason.
2: How's Junior's arm with uh, said uh, Cheerios and banana?
3: He doesn't he's he doesn't throw things a lot yet. So
0: uh, future soccer okay player on.
3: on yeah, actually, it might be, and I, I'd be okay with that. As I, as I
1: watch,
0: watch. He isn't play this morning.
2: <laughs> well, let me know when he gets that arm. all kind get it loosened up and, and 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 your dodging ability. So yeah.
3: he's clapping now. He's got that part down.
2: He, he, <laughs> That's pretty he, good. Have a good weekend, folks. Thanks so much.
1: All right, guys. Take
2: care. Krainak, did you uh, in, endure the the dodging of macaroni?
1: oh yeah there's there's a lot of flinging of food smearing it on the face yeah did you, did
2: you laugh you or were you like stern about it well i finally decided hey i'm
1: in my 40s i need to stop doing this you
2: know,
1: <laughs> i just need to eat it and uh, you know things became a lot cleaner and simpler
2: after well, right? well done well done yeah Well, good enough. We will uh, spend some time with the Iron Horse. Gary Sharps on the way. Weekend edition continues. The tale of varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. (laughs) like what you hear high quality radio and podcast just part of what we do at Hale varsity hey it's Chris Schmidt with Hale varsity radio and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale varsity radio show podcast ten dollars off the price of an annual subscription that means that you for less than twenty dollars can get everything we produce 10 issues of our monthly magazine or annual football yearbook and all the premium content we produce at hailvarsity.com just go to hailvarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Glad to have you back. Yes, yeah, sir. You heard me right. Here are the guys, Schmidt and Cranach. Well, Hector, here's the game plan. You're going to bring us two absolute martinis. You know how I like them straight up. And then precisely seven and one half minutes after that, you're going to bring us two more. And then two more after that every five minutes until one of us passes out oh, excellent strategy sir back with your weekend edition at tail varsity presented by the nebraska lottery chris schmidt mark cranak elijah herbal uh, running the show we say hi to the iron horse gary sharp sharpie on site with us uh, last weekend at the single barrel good to spend time with him sharpie how's the week man what do you know
6: uh, you know what? Nice little quiet week. Happy Easter to uh, both of uh, you, uh, all three of you, and every, all of our listeners.
2: Thank you, man. Same to you and uh, your fam. And, you know, a lot to kind of sift through. But uh, on Twitter last night, I, I got to hear more about this bouncy house. Please tell us.
6: Oh, right, So here's the story. So, you know, I, I you know, when you grow up in the Midwest and then you move away. Um, fish fries were never like a big deal. I, I mean, I knew they existed like it, you know, I grew up uh, Catholic and, you know, that was a, you know, during the Lenten season, but in Omaha, fish fries are huge. I mean, it's like a <laughs> cultural experience. And so I went last night. Now I did not know. Now I know who this person's house is, but I went as, uh, you know, I'm I'd say, somebody said, Hey, let's go to a fish fry. I at somebody's house and I'm like, Really? So this person that put on the fish fry, they are, uh, they're retired, um, so they do a lot of fishing, and they build up to this one day every year on Good Friday where they host a fish fry for, like, the neighborhood and all their friends. And all the fish that they cook up is fish that they have caught over the last year from the upper Midwest and Canada, and it was incredible. And then went in the backyard, and there's a bounce house, and I'm like, oh, boy, this is, this is on tilt. Um, yeah it was kind of interesting it was a uh, It was a nice mixture of uh, uh fish fry for kids and a fish fry for adults um and a good way to uh, end the lenten season but man fish fries are huge in omaha i there is nothing like it up here
2: that's that's really cool uh you just see at home talking about catching fish all year to build up to the payoff right the the monster fish fry my uh my mom's dad grandpa hunt. Would catch every crappie in western Nebraska for the first weekend of August in the annual family uh, hunt family pic- picnic in Holdridge, Nebraska. And he was always great about measuring the amount of bush light he put into the fish and then he put into himself. He was minimal with how much bush light he drank, but man, he took care of all the consumers. So that's, that's really cool. Shout out to Timmy Berta, Coach Beretta and his walleye fish fry, he does that in 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 uh, in the summertime. So you are hitting home with me this morning on fish fries. Good work.
6: Yeah, um, you know it was. Uh, I'm feeling it on both ends this morning, though.
2: <laughs> You're up, Mark. <laughs> you follow that. <laughs>
1: How's everything coming out this morning? Oh, <laughs> oh no, no.
2: <laughs> was it a first uh, half of the spring game or a second half of the spring game?
1: Uh it, it was so of leaky. Oh, um no. Dang. Oh. And running game. <laughs> runs, runs, I don't know. I, I got nothing. I, I'm thrown off <laughs> right now. <laughs> he, well, he,
6: he, let's, just, let's just put it this way.
1: There is, uh, there is
6: minimal thudding.
2: Thank you. Thank you. And
6: with that said, I think, guys, the most impressive position group to me, because we, we'll never be able to agree on a proper spring format, but I think that's the way college football is going in the spring is. The format we saw what Nebraska is using, what like, Ohio State is using. But I think the running backs, even though they could only be tackled in the second half, I think the running backs came out of spring giving you some encouragement that that position might be headed in the right direction, considering there are two additions to that room uh, before you get to kickoff in August. I really liked what I saw out of the running back room from top to bottom, whether it was Anthony Grant to Ramir Johnson all the way down to the ninth guy carrying the ball. I think Brian Applewhite has got that room turned around, and I think that's an encouraging part for Nebraska going into the fall.
1: Yeah, Gary, that's what we were talking about um, in the first hour, and also uh, with Brandon just now. Is it just feels like across the board? You're right, from from top of the list all the way down to you know guys will probably never see carry the ball in Memorial Stadium again. They they get north, right? Like the yep. you see a hole, you accelerate through it. Just seems like a real point. Of, it looked it looked very different than what we've seen from that that position in a long time.
6: Well, I think the the pad level, just the vision, and then, you know, it's also going to take the the five guys up front. But it is, it looked like a group that had been coached really well. Like technically, they were sound. See, that's why, like at quarterback, we don't know how the Whipple offense is all going to unfold with everybody that's got to work together. But I do know this: like like Brian Applewhite will make the running backs better as running backs. I think Mark Whipple will make the quarterbacks better as quarterbacks those are two position groups that struggled to get the most out of the current players that were in that room but a lot of it was just pure fundamentals technically they were off i think if you looked at the quarterbacks they all kind of looked the same we weren't saying boy he can't you know his arm slot is low and well what what is he doing i I think those are two position groups on the offensive side of the ball they're going to be better coached now what does that mean when you get into the heart of the season well, I think it could mean a lot, but I think that's a nice little development in a spring where we still might have more questions than we have answers.
2: Sharpie, are you still portal shopping for any spots after spring?
6: Well, I think you always are, but you've got to remember, if, are, you, are you trying to add pieces for depth? Is there pieces out there that can help you be better? Is there a starter out there? Um, definitely on the defensive line. I think Nebraska has to – develop depth. They have to find more bodies. Of course, if you get a guy like O'Shawn Mathis, that's a difference maker. But how many of those guys are going to be in the portal here, and how many of those guys are going to have Nebraska on the radar? But I think any time that you're looking, you're always looking. You know, you're always playing roster management. The exit interviews have started with players. Um, I would imagine we're going to have three or four players, scholarship players, that are going to leave after spring, which is fine, and, you know, I think that'll happen over the next couple of weeks. But the ex-interviews have started. I think the door is always open. If you can find a player that can help with depth or is a difference maker, of course you've got to say, hey, come on down. But what is Nebraska's mode to get them? What is their selling point? Who are they beating? You know, why are they better than some other place? Oh, just playing time or does name, image, likeness, all that stuff come in. But defensive line is an area where, man, I, I, I don't know about the – the guys that are on campus now that are not your frontline guys, I'm worried there. So I think you got to find some experience if you can in the defensive line in
1: the portal. Which quarterback caught your attention the most? I would say Purdy and Harburg. Yep, and and yeah, Purdy it was Purdy for me. And so break those two down. What what about both of their performances caught your eye?
6: Well, you know, Purdy, we, we were like, is this guy, guy always going to be injured? And he came here and he wasn't healthy. And then, you know, once he got cleared, he kind of took off. I like his command of the offense. It didn't seem like it was a roller coaster out there. You know, he threw a nice ball. The ball he threw to Rollins, went up at high point and How good was A.J. Rollins this spring? But he just, the offense seemed to move. And you could tell people around him were very comfortable while he was out there with the offense. Now, granted, we're breaking this down. You know, over the course of a spring game, but I like how he threw the ball. I, I like how he had decision-making. Um, I, I think they want the quarterbacks to stay in the pocket a little bit more than maybe we saw on Saturday. Um, but I, he's, got, he's got a lot of athleticism, and I think the thing you hear from people at Florida State is if he can stay healthy. If he can stay healthy, then he's everything that he was advertised coming out of high school. And that's huge for Nebraska because I think Smothers had a good half of the spring and then Purdy, I think, getting healthy, has put some pressure on Smothers for that number two job. Now with Harburg, they've liked Harburg for a while. Big boy arm, they just needed to develop him. You know, he was kind of – you had to put some weight on him. You had, to, you had to coach him up coming out of Carney Catholic. But, boy, he threw – the way he threw the football is exactly like I was told he was throwing it during practice last fall. I'm excited to see him. But those are the two guys. And then, I, you know, we don't want to overlook Casey Thompson, but we really – we saw him for three series. Uh, we saw him make, you know, there was he did nothing that you go, oh, no. He was better in the 14 practices than the brief time that he showed on Saturday.
0: Gary, as it stands right now, do you think we should expect any departures from this quarterback room moving forward? I mean, the, the most likely candidates you'd look at, Smothers and Harburg, the, those are the two guys that seem to be, you know, I, I don't want to say on the outs, but with the new coaching staff, they, they have the, the toughest hill to climb to, to find themselves a – a role in this offense moving forward? Do you see any departures out of this quarterback room coming in the next couple weeks?
6: You know, I think all three of us, all four of us talked about before spring began, okay in that quarterback room at Survivor Island who's going to get voted off. I don't see anybody leaving. I think Logan feels that under this new system, new position coach, that he can change his game and I don't think he's ready to leave. I think he is, as of right now, guys, I think the two, and there might be an or there with Purdy, but I believe that Smothers had a good spring, and he really believes that he could be the guy if called upon. No, it's just a case of does he want to sit behind the starter once again, but I I just don't, I don't think there'll be any, anybody leaving that room going into the fall, and you know, if if you had if Smothers decided that there was a better place for him, at least you have Purdy who made progress enough that you go, okay, We can withstand this. But I think, guys, I think the Nebraska quarterback room, when you could go three and maybe even four deep, you feel better about than you felt in a long time.
2: Sharpie, you mentioned where the quarterbacks and their connection with Whipple. This kind of goes back to something he was talking about with one of his roundtables he had with us, that he had seven or eight quarterbacks at Pitt, right? I mean, Pitt didn't have a lot of defections. Uh, at least when 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 he was there. Is is Nebraska in position and, and maybe we're we're zooming out too much on this, but maybe guys will just kinda suck it up and stay because they feel like this guy can get me better and teach me quite a bit, even if I'm not playing. Maybe it'll it'll be a long term approach with, with that quarterback room.
6: I think so. I think he's got enough of a track record. Yeah. You know, people are like, okay, you know what? I may not be the first guy up. But man, look at what he has done, and look at the experience he has had to coach me up and make me a better quarterback. I also think this is another aspect of it—not just the simple quarterback play of five-step drop, seven-step drop, drop uh, you know, your reads, everything else that he is teaching guys and giving them. You know, they're getting a library of things to look at. Is I think guys feel better about how this offense is going to operate. Mm that this offense is going to play to their strengths and not play to their weaknesses. And so if you're a quarterback that might be further down on the depth chart, you're thinking, I, I can develop in this offense. I can make my way up the offense. I like playing for him. That's another key point. We always just assume that guys are just going to bolt because you know they're further down the depth chart. They can't see any playing time. Some guys... That might be the case. They still like competition, but they also like their position coach. And I think that's the case with Whipple. I, I think he's got a good relationship with those guys. That Why wouldn't you stay here and work on your craft? And if it doesn't work out, you can go somewhere. But he's going to make you fundamentally a better quarterback, I believe.
1: How about the offensive line? We heard so much about them firing off the ball and maybe having a little bit of a different style. Um, and, you know, offensive line play is, if, if you didn't play it, it's pretty subtle. It's not the easiest thing to just watch and, and notice. Um, but from folks you've talked to, what you observed, did you see a difference there?
6: Well, it, uh, the, the difference I see is that Nebraska desperately needs Corkert and Prohaska to come back. Uh, I thought the tackle play was really, really poor. And, you know, it wasn't like Garrett Nelson and his his gang was doing anything different. Um, they weren't running stunts or anything like that. And I thought the tackles really, really struggled. I think what Nebraska may have found through the course of spring is they've figured out their interior offensive line. I think Trent Hickson. If you started in Northwestern on this Saturday, I think Trent Hickson could be your center, and you wouldn't have a problem with it. And then I think you got Noelle and Kevin Williams has to play on the other guard spot. I think Kevin Williams has gotten his body headed in the right direction. He's got he's got some football under his belt, and he's also got that tenacity. And I think he's a smart football player that they need out of that guard spot. So I think they may have figured out guard center guard. And now they have to figure out does Corcoran and Prohaska come back and slide right back into those tackle spots? I think it's an interesting case with Ben Hart. Um, You know, Ben Hart didn't have a great spring game. I'm not really sure what kind of a spring he had, but he can't play guard. So, you know, he's kind of stuck. If he can't play, if he's not the starting tackle, he's the backup tackle because you can't move him. But I, I think on the offensive line, you know, there's still there's still question marks because of your two key pieces that didn't play. But I think you figured out guard, center, guard.
2: I want to go to Ben Hart for a second. High-profile kid, Minnesota, giant body. And do you, do you think it's more of, about technique refinement? Is it a speed of the game thing, or is it a confidence thing? Any insight to... To to his progress or what may be stalling it.
6: Well, I think it's a little bit of everything, Shmiti, and, and I think the bend. You know, he he has you know, he, he's a guy that has played a lot of football for Nebraska, but they need better at that position, mm-hmm. and I don't know if they can get better out of him. Sure. You know, he may have given you his best his best moments. I, I think there's some things physically and technically that still plague him, um, and that's why I, I say he can't. You know, everybody says, "Well, he can just slide down to guard." Well, that's a, that's a heck of a transition. And some people are not built to move and play tackle, go to guard. I don't think Ben Hart is a guard. Um, thus, he's got to stay outside. And, and, and I think he struggled. And, and you know what? If he, if, if he wasn't your tackle, you could get away. Because Teddy Brosk is a Sunday guy. And then I think Turner Corcoran on the outside. I think Nebraska is better with Corcoran at tackle than they are at center. Mm. And does Ben Hart then become a uh, you know, a guy that can play both sides. We'll wait and see. But I, I, man, I just don't think Bryce Benhart is starting for you come the fall.
0: Mark, I'm going to jump ahead of you just real quick here because the way I see it is I don't see much of a difference physically, technique-wise, between Prohaska and between Benhart. The difference I see is Prohaska's got a, a different kind of mentality than Benhart on the offensive line, more hearkening back to that, that 90s offensive line in terms of uh, aggression firing off the ball. Is that what you see? Well,
6: I think he's uh, – I think, Teddy's athletically – if you're going forward with Teddy or he's dropping back in pass pro, I don't think you see much of a difference. Teddy's going to find a way to be dominant. Um, you know, Nebraska and pass pro has struggled at times. I, I don't like Ben Hart as a get behind him and run downhill and he's going to blow somebody up. If you had to do that with Teddy, that would be the case. Now, I don't want to turn this into an all-Teddy fest because there is the caveat. Teddy still hasn't played a lot of college football. Remember, he didn't get inserted in the lineup until early in the year. And then he got injured against Michigan. So essentially, as a starter, he played a game plus. But there's a lot of things to like about him that Nebraska needs, whether he's downhill blocking, getting to the second level, or he's in pass pro. Because I'll tell you what, going back to Saturday, if you're making a list of things that you are disturbed by, the tackle play was number 1A, 1B, 1C on your list.
4: Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsitycom slash subscribe, promo code GBR.
1: Gary Sharp with us, Hail Varsity Radio. Flip over to the Nebraska baseball real quick. What's going on there? <laughs> like, hey, can I ask what, a quick what, question here? What's going on? Can I ask <laughs> Excuse me. Um,
6: isn't it interesting how, like, coming into the football season, because, guys, I did the same thing this week on my show. The defense has a lot of holes to fill because of the veterans they've lost. And, and you know, this time in two weeks we're going to talk about guys from that defense side of the ball that are possibly getting drafted. Nobody's really talking about the defense. That'll be a thing that we're going to have to spend some time on in the offseason because they still have some major question marks outside of what we're talking about the defensive line. But To answer your question, let's do shift to baseball if we have to.
2: <laughs> let's let's, let's stay that. on the defense um, <laughs> <laughs> well no that, that goes back to the portal uh question because sharp you've got a lot of young guys that i think can get chiseled into big 10 defensive interior linemen but what's you know what's what's the deadline for him i mean can can you water and grow him man can you throw miracle grow on from a from a football ready standpoint, and that's just hard to do on the lines of scrimmage. I like Nash, but you know, you look at all the, you look at the combined snaps you lost versus combined backup snaps that have played, and it's it's pretty frightening.
6: Well, I, here's my problem with the defensive line: you got some young guys, and you have a sense of urgency, a little bit quicker to develop guys and get them playing. I don't know, and this includes Josh Huttmacher. Guys, I don't know if Nebraska has many guys on that defensive line that are going to give you 25-plus snaps yeah. in the Big Ten right now. I don't know if you, you have a couple of guys that you'd be shocked if they gave you five-plus snaps in the Big Ten that held their own. That's where I'm worried about. I'm, I need to see more from Huttmacher. I, I'm, he's strong, but is that his only attribute? He's, if, if you want him to play 35, 40 snaps in the Big Ten, he's got to get better other than his strength. Um, now to baseball. Mark, if I told you, hey, go watch the Nebraska baseball team, and you know Will Bolt like you do, would you go? What happened to Will Bolt? Is he not coaching this team this year?
1: It doesn't look like a Will Bolt team, and and uh, you're completely right. It's just the the aggressiveness on offense is lacking. The base running isn't great. The defense isn't great. The pit, you know, there's no one thing that you can point to and say, well, at least they can hang their hat on that. Uh, it's just a team that, like, every game, every inning is a grind with this team right now. What, I mean, what is it that you think they're missing? Because they've they've recruited well. Is it just arm injuries that's really – well, no, it can't be that because they're not hitting the ball either.
6: Well, they're so – I keep using the word they're so uneven. Like, they've gotten, you know, a couple of games in the series against BYU. they got some really good pitching. Mm-hmm. But then the bats disappear. And then one night when they score six runs – pitching lets them down. It, it, it is such an uneven team, and they are, they're missing the, the X factor, the little ingredients from last year, and some talent that probably we overlook because we thought guys from last year would make the jump. But they're piecing together that, that pitching staff because of the injuries on the mound and now the departure of joking. I, I think we're all kind of – we need to stop you know, wishing and hoping. They are who they are. They're kind of a middle-of-the-pack Big Ten team that is 500, And I don't know that they're going to break out of it and all of a sudden go on this run. And the most important thing is just get to Omaha and see what happens. Don't be out of the Big Ten tournament. But it's, it's frustrating. And, and you know after last night's game, losing those two one-run games, being swept by BYU, the comments by Will, he's trying to stay positive and push the right buttons because there's still a good amount of the season to go. But man, I, I think he's getting towards the end of man. What do I do? He's going to grow up from this season as a coach. But gosh, that's that's not who that's not who Will Bolt is. That's not a reflection of, of of his personality and his style. The way that team is playing, and and that's really really disappointing. But it just I don't know. Maybe maybe guys, we're just we we, we did something to somebody because the men's sports at Nebraska just <laughs> keep kicking <laughs> us below the belt. Yeah.
2: Well, Sharpie, we'll, uh, we'll we'll regroup and. Try and see if it's a better Saturday. Uh, well, it's got to be a better Saturday, right? Because there's no men's sports. I mean, you have baseball, obviously, but it's, um, it, it's been an adventure for sure. Have a great weekend with uh, family and friends. Gary, thanks for jumping on with us today.
6: Hey, as always, Mark and Elijah, I appreciate it. Thank you.
2: Thank you, bud. Good stuff. We will be back at you Monday for Hale Varsity Radio. Crayneck, have a good weekend.
1: Godspeed, sir. You
2: as well. Uh, All right. Elijah, appreciate you, brother. We'll talk Monday at 4 on Hale Varsity. A Huda
6: Media Production.